The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national breaking and headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress and other high-profile public figures. Following the news, I have a very special guest for you today, uh, Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon, so stay tuned. Here are some headline news. The Tokyo Olympics kicked off Friday with the opening ceremony almost a year to the day from their intended start date in July 2020. In March 2020, the International Olympic Committee agreed to postpone the Games until 2021 due to concerns over COVID-19. The event was originally set to begin on July 24th, 2020 and end on August 9th of last year. The FBI disclosed that it received more than 4,500 tips on a phone line in 2018 as part of a background investigation into then Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh and provided relevant ones to former President Donald Trump's White House counsel. The letter was in response to two, a two-year request from Senate Democrats seeking more information about the handling of the investigation. The revelation reignited fierce accusations from liberals who say that the FBI and the Trump White House did not sufficiently examine allegations against Kavanaugh in wake of the accusations from Dr. Christine Blasey Ford that he had sexually assaulted her at a party in Maryland when they were both in high school. Seven Democratic senators on Thursday said that newly released materials show the FBI failed to fully investigate sexual misconduct allegations against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh when he was nominated to the court in 2018. The senators, including Sheldon Whitehouse and Chris Coons, said a letter they received from the FBI last month shows the agency gathered over 4,500 tips relating to Kavanaugh without any apparent further action by investigators. Written by FBI Assistant Director Jill Tyson, the letter said the most relevant of the 4,500 tips were referred to lawyers in President Donald Trump's White House, whose handling of them remains unclear. She added that the FBI had conducted a background check, not a criminal investigation, so, quote, the authorities, policies, and procedures used to investigate criminal matters did not apply. That didn't sit well with Democrats, who sent a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray this week, in which Coons wrote, quote, if the FBI was not authorized to or did not follow up on any of the tips that it received from the tip line, it is difficult to understand the point of having a tip line at all. Kavanaugh's nomination blew up into a personal and political drama when university professor Christine Blasey Ford accused him of sexually harassing her in 1982. Kavanaugh denied the allegations in angry and tearful testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Neither Kavanaugh nor Ford were interviewed for the FBI probe, and Democrats have long thought it was a sham. An FBI spokesperson did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Thursday. A lawyer for Kavanaugh during his confirmation battle also did not immediately respond to a request for comment. 
Ford's lawyer said in a statement that the new revelations show the FBI investigation was of limited value. There's a chance that abortion could be illegal in much of the country in the near future since Mississippi asked the Supreme Court this week to overturn Roe v. Wade. Ten states have passed laws that would trigger, in the event Roe is overturned, and automatically ban all abortions. They include both Dakotas, Idaho and Utah, and a band of states that stretches from Kentucky down to Louisiana. And some states still have laws on the books that ban abortion that would presumably revive if the case is overturned. The Delta variant now accounts for more than 83% of COVID-19 cases, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said on Tuesday. Just a month ago, the variant accounted for just over 30% of new cases. The current COVID-19 surge in the U.S., fueled by the highly contagious Delta variant, will steadily accelerate through the summer and fall, peaking in mid-October, with daily deaths more than triple what they are now. That is according to the new projections released Wednesday from the COVID-19 Scenario Modeling Hub, a consortium of researchers working in consultation with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to help the agency track the course of the pandemic. From serving as a police officer with the LAPD to chief of police in America's most progressive and conservative cities to top prosecutor, Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon has reduced violent crimes in every leadership position he has held over his decorated 40-year career in law enforcement. Mr. Gascon has reduced racial disparities in the criminal justice system and has fought to end California's over-reliance on mass incarceration. Mr. Gascon has brought his data-driven reforms that are proven to enhance safety in the Los Angeles County. Good morning, George. Thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Vic. Good morning to you, too. Um, how are things right now in the office with uh, COVID sort of making a surge again? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, and extremely disappointing to say that we are having a, a resurgence also in our office. Uh, we've had uh, multiple cases in the last couple of weeks of people testing positive. Uh, we're, we're having to, to begin to uh, retract some of the, um, the, you know, the rolling out of the, the, the restrictions that we had before. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we still have people that are unvaccinated, and it's impacting both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. So, you know, it's, it's just really, really disturbing to see uh, that people still don't understand or do not want to comply with science and, and you know, just simple measures, you know, getting vaccinated, wearing a mask, you know, just the things that would make all of us safer. We, we should not have been here uh, at this point, but unfortunately, we are. Yeah, yeah, we sort of have to live in reality and uh, uh, live life on life's terms, and that's yeah. what we have to deal with and put on put our masks on again indoors, at yeah. least in LA County. Yeah. You know, when you were elected, there was this huge sigh of relief, and so many of us were so excited to have a new chapter for Los Angeles and the district attorney's office. But of course, uh, you know, you can't uh, make everyone happy all of the time. So 
as a result of your very progressive and uh, courageous in a good way and daring in a good way uh, changes that you have uh, implemented and are still trying to implement, there's always going to be some backlash. And, and the backlash is the, this sort of absurd recall election. Let me just ask you this just broadly. What do you think it's about? I mean, of course, I kind of said what I think, but uh, from your perspective, why is this happening? You know, I think there is a, a, a combination of things. I think that this is clearly a, a very uh, right-wing, uh, you know, many Trump supporters uh, are leading the charge here. You know, they're going after, you know, progressives, they're going after Democrats, they're, they're trying to undo elections, you know, not only in L.A. County, but, uh, but around the country. Um, and, you know, in this case, certainly in the case of progressive prosecutors, what we're seeing is a very consistent uh, message is that they really aren't, uh, aren't about, you know, public safety or the safety of our community. It's really more about, you know, continuing to be a, a very uh, carceral approach to the work, uh, high punishment levels. When you look at it, what they're, you know, the things that really... Uh, come down to us. They, they want to continue to see the death penalty. They want to continue to see, uh, you know, us seeking life without the possibility of parole. They want me to put kids in adult prisons. Uh, they want to continue to use our jails to uh, incarcerate the, uh, you know, the, the houseless and the mentally ill. And, uh, and really, that's what it comes down to. There's nothing else. There, um, we have done a tremendous amount of work around community safety. Uh, you know, taking a public health approach to dealing with violence, taking a trauma-informed approach to dealing with victims. They don't, they don't want to hear about any of that. You know, the the, the, the constant sound bites are, uh, you know, death penalty, kids going to adult prison. You know, those sort of things. So they continue to say, and when you look at the people behind it, certainly in my case. Um, you know, the funding and the driving forces are very, very Republican-driven. You know, you have a guy named Jeff uh, Palmer, who is a real estate developer in L.A. County. Uh, a Trump mega-donor gave Trump about $2 million last year. Puts a lot of money into Republican campaigns. We have, uh, you know, a former uh, director of the Los Angeles Police Protective League and former city councilman, you know, a Republican, very right-wing. We have a former district attorney of L.A. County, uh, a guy named uh, Steve Cooley, again, a very right-wing Republican. And then you have, you know, the police unions and all, some of the other usual suspects. So it's, it's very, very right-wing driven. And then they, they are using some people that have been, you know, have been victimized uh, that are seeking, you know, death penalty or very extreme punishments that are very traumatized and, quite frankly, in some ways almost abusing their trauma, which is, by the way, not representative of where most victims are. You know, poll after poll shows that about 60% of the victims actually want to see trauma-informed care for the victims, but they, uh, and they also want to see rehabilitation. Uh, you know, we put together a victim's advisory board with people that are real victims, people have suffered, people have lost loved ones to street violence or police violence. They're advising our practice, and, and then they attack those people and say, well, you're not a real victim. So it's just that, that viciousness 
about yeah. the uh, what is going on. Yeah, it's the it's the establishment in yeah. fear of losing their privilege and their status quo. <laughs> so they're uh, they're hitting back because yeah. uh, they don't want things to change and. Yeah, I think you mentioned something like this, and it's astounding to me that when you argue with them, or at least debate with them, with numbers and data and info, um, they sort of like skip anything that's not supportive of their claim. Like the fact that we have, you know, so many people on death row in California, and how many hundreds of millions is spent uh, on them annually, and yet <laughs> we're still. Uh, don't want to realize that uh, you know capital punishment is just not the way to go, but uh, you know there's always going to be the minority want to uh, keep uh, status quo and uh, claim that they are you know sort of like put people in fear by saying that if uh, if you don't have this sort of old school way of uh, dealing with law enforcement and uh, the district attorney's office that uh, you know your neighborhoods are going to be unsafe and your kids are going to be kidnapped and all this sort of just like this tactics that Donald Trump used very well for four yep. years yep. and it's happening all over again and unfortunately you're not the only one in California I think uh, the fact that California is such a solid blue does not sit well with uh, a lot of right-wing Republicans and uh, it's sad, but it's uh, also our responsibility to publics to support elected officials like yourself who aren't really doing the work and don't just uh, talk about it during their campaign and it's not about rhetoric and sound bites, but you've gone in and you've really um, made some major changes that majority of the people are very happy with and yet so when it comes to something like this, then we all need to support you and keep supporting you and, and just come out because there's so few people that are willing to put themselves uh, where you've put yourself to get this kind of scrutiny unfairly. If someone is just tuning in, and by the way, uh, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. <laughs> I'm your host, Vic Jorami. And uh, if you haven't been listening, uh, I am... Uh, speaking with uh, L.A. District Attorney George Gascon uh, as my guest, and we're talking about uh, just everything related to the District Attorney's Office. So with that, I want to ask you, like, where is this, what's the status of this recall campaign, what's happening currently? Yeah, you know, so uh, the, uh, the organizers of the recall, uh, they're seeking signatures, uh, interestingly enough, if you look a lot of the places, where they're collecting signatures are around gun stores, uh, bail bonds uh, offices, you know, very, very predictable Cliché. places. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're seeing also a tremendous amount of misinformation in the signature gathering. You know, they will be telling people, uh, do you believe that victims of crime should be protected? Uh, and you say yes, say, well, you should sign for this recall. You know, they, they, that, that's basically the, the, the approach that they are, they're taking. Um, and, you know, and unfortunately in some communities, you know, obviously the misinformation people, you know, people will say, of course I want the victims of crime to be protected. Um, and what we have seen is we have seen, um, uh, Small cities around the county, generally in the very conservative areas where you have uh, Republicans in, in the city council or you have members of law enforcement in the city council or family members of member law enforcement, 
you know, they're they're going uh, without any any dialogue or conversation. Uh, they'll put a, a, a no confidence vote on the agenda, and they'll they'll pass it without without any real conversation. When you try to address the issues that they raise, they they don't want to hear them. You know, so it's kind of we're seeing the same thing, right? We have people that denied that January 6th occurred, right? right? We have former President Trump saying people were hugging and kissing, even though you can see the video uh, of people being assaulted and police officers killed. Um, but, you know, if you if you go to Fox News or one of those conservative mediums, uh, you know, I guess people were hugging and kissing. I, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling, but that's the same thing that we're seeing here. You know, we have not stop prosecuting violent crime. To the contrary, we're actually shifting more sources to prosecute violent crimes. We're just simply not seeking the death penalty or those extreme punishments that we know that do not work. Uh, but they don't talk about that. You know, we have actually right. created the first uh, on the country victims advisory board with with a number of victims of, of very violent crimes who actually want to make sure that we're providing trauma-informed care and they want to rehabilitate the system and they assault those victims. So it's a, you know, it's a, a that's basically where it is. On the other side of the coin, you know, we have tremendous amount of community support. Um, you know, we're getting uh, people across uh, economic and racial lines. We have, uh, you know, labor has uh, really jumped uh, other than, than police labor, of course. Uh, we now have a website that a, a group that has put together community groups. It's called stanwithgascong.org, and I encourage those that are interested in learning more or supporting to please go to that website. So, you know, we're, we're going to fight hard. The, the first threshold is they need to collect the signatures. They need to have approximately 600,000 valid signatures in L.A. County. Um, and we're going to do everything that we can to, to educate the public and keep them from getting the signatures. If they do get the signatures, then obviously uh, we will fight this. I think it's, there's also an important point here for the public to understand. In the L.A. County, as well as the state of California, it will be almost impossible today for a Republican to get elected uh, for, for a countywide or statewide office. The only way that there's a path for them is through a recall, because if you can actually get enough people upset to the current state of affairs through misinformation and they say yes to the recall, then the next option is to, to vote for one of the many people that are there. Obviously, the person that is being the subject of the recall cannot be there. And what we're seeing is we're seeing Republicans stacking the deck. Mm-hmm. And much like we saw with uh, with uh, the the election of Arnold Schwarzenegger years ago, where he got right. elected the first time with about thirty percent of the vote, you could have the same thing happening either in uh, in, in the state or or certainly in LA County. We we know that, for instance, former District Attorney Steve Cooley has already uh, talked about he would run again uh, because he would qualify to run under a recall setting. So people need to understand. You know, a guy like Steve Cooley could never get elected in L.A. County today. It's just the, the votes are not there for that. But they would be on a, on a recall setting. So so it's important, especially because this election will tend to be low voter turnout. And often a lot of the, the, the younger and progressive voters do not turn out uh, for the elections. 
-hmm. we need to make sure that if it does occur that we have a, a very high voter turnout but quite frankly the first mission is try to educate the public to stop uh the signature gathering from getting the, the signatures that they need to have yeah that was a really good point you made about uh basically republicans trying to bully themselves in in office and uh it was a good example you brought up uh arnold schwarzenegger right after governor gray davis was recalled and right. you know we hope that uh, more people uh, educate themselves and go beneath the surface uh, and yeah. not just listen to these signature gatherers word yeah. the sound bites and that they use just to get someone to to sign and uh, and to uh, you know, I, I think you mentioned the, the website, which is Stand with Gascon, correct? Correct. Standwithgascon.org. Yeah, standwithgascon.org. Um, for yep. those of you who want to um, get updates and information and see how you can help and support, um, you know, we just need to all do our part and not wait until election, but actually we can do preventative measures now so that it doesn't have to go there because... Uh, we finally have a district attorney that we are very proud of and that's doing uh, a lot of great work that so many of us have been asking for so many years and uh, we also need to fight for that and fight for you. I do want to ask you um, about your recent resignation uh, from the District Attorneys Association and just give you an opportunity to explain how that happened in your decision. Yeah, you know, the, the, the California District Attorney Association is composed of 58 elected district attorneys in the state. And interestingly enough, you have the LA District Attorney, for instance, you know, I represent over 10 million people, and you have uh, the district attorney from a county that has under 100,000 people, and his or her vote is exactly equal to mine. And what we have seen for years, and I saw that when I was a district attorney in San Francisco for nearly nine years, that the organization has been hijacked by very conservative counties, uh, rural counties, and, and some other people in the, uh, in the uh, or, you know, the organization. Actually, interestingly enough, people think of California being blue, but when you look at the elected DAs around the state, uh, almost all of them, I think there's only three or four that are, that are not Republicans, right? I mean, we've seen a couple now register as independents as they're trying to run for a race uh, at the state level and trying to disguise what they have been Republicans uh, until recently. So um, there were several things that really caused my final uh, uh, you know, decision to resign. One was the, uh, the, the, the organization is under investigation for misappropriation of public funds. Mm -hmm. uh, and this had to do with uh, money that the association was receiving to assist in the uh, prosecution in, uh, of environmental crimes and, and the education of environmental crimes and consumer, and instead they were using some of that money to pay for their basic expenses, including uh, political, uh, political activities around opposing reform measures, both at the state level with legislators as well as uh, in other areas. And, um, so not only were they keeping money that was intended for the purpose of helping the public, but then they were turning around that money, and, and in addition to using that money for, for electoral activities to fight reform uh, and thus under investigation. Uh, the other thing, you know, besides the misappropriation of funding, frankly, 
is they're you know they're, they're insisting in, in staying in, in, in a highly carceral role uh, and uh, fighting every single reform effort. You know, supporting the death penalty, supporting putting children in adult prisons, supporting enhancements. Uh, you know, just whatever whatever the science and data says about not to do, they, they go the other direction. Right. I, I thought that I just could no longer. Uh, you know, be a loose-paying member to an organization that is so uh, regressive and that doesn't serve the, the, the will of the majority of the people in the state of California. Wow. Well, my hat off to you. It uh, sounds like if something is that dysfunctional, there's no point in staying in there. And uh, especially, you know, with so different from your values and values, obviously, of, uh, you know, L.A. voters who voted for you. Yep. Um, we talked a lot about some of the, the most important issues, um, not just about this attempt of a recall, but in general. But if someone is just tuning in, and by the way, uh, this is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Vic Jarami. And uh, if you haven't been listening, uh, I am uh, speaking with uh, LA District Attorney George Gascon uh, as my guest. And we're talking about... Uh, just everything related to the district attorney's office. And um, so my next question was going to be, what are, what are like three top issues or top points, bullet points, that people really sh- need to know about what you are doing and your vision? Yeah, I would say that if I was going to boil it to, to three things, I would say number one is to ensure that we take a public health approach dealing with community safety and community health. And that means bringing not only police and prosecutors to the table when we're addressing issues of violence and other problems in our community, but it's also bringing public health, it's bringing community activists, it's bringing, um, you know, interventionists, it's bringing academia and research to the work. Uh, It's really shifting from a system that has been based on on fear-mongering to a system that that uses science and and brings entire communities together. That's one. Uh, Number two, which is actually connected to the first one, is to end systemic racism. There is just absolutely no question, and I think reasonable people that may disagree on many other things uh, are clear on the fact that the, the criminal legal system has targeted uh, black and brown people disproportionately for conduct that is often committed in other communities, and, and that has driven mass incarceration and, and, and quite frankly, uh, the illegitimacy of the system in the eyes of many members of the community. And then I would say that thirdly, that you know, looking through safety through a public health lens, looking at systemic racism has to uh, address the issue of police accountability and the interplay of mass incarceration and, and you know, the, 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 all the drivers that, that impact uh, the unfairness and the, the, the you know, the, the disproportionality in our system. Wow. That was well done. That was well done. I mean, who, who can argue with that? You know, I, I know that I'm preaching to the choir, not just you, but uh, most of our listeners, but for those that maybe haven't been as familiar with what's been happening is at least in the last 25 years or so that I've been sort of conscious uh, as an adult about 
uh, a lot of our law enforcement issues and high-profile cases and district attorney's office, there have been so many, so many um, issues and problems and challenges that have been inherited by every district attorney. No one's done anything substantial about it. And it reminds me of this the slogan, uh, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So uh, the three bullet points you described are major changes in, in approach and in psychology and in, in uh, our attitude toward things. Uh, of course, racism and uh, uh, you know, systematic racism in law enforcement and such. It's, it's been such a big part of the fabric of America, not only just LA and uh, you know, um, I'm I'm very grateful for what you're doing. Uh, you definitely have my support. And uh, Thank you. before we go, George, is there anything that you'd like to add? Maybe perhaps there was a question I should have asked you. You know, Vic, I, I think you covered it all, but I, I think it bears repeating uh, a point that we made earlier. This effort uh, to recall me, uh, as well as what you see around other parts of the state, when it deals with the resident district attorney. This is really not about community safety. This is really about punishing, keeping the death penalty, sending children to adult court and then adult prison. But more importantly, this is about a system that has huge economic and political incentives to stay where they are. Uh, in the last 30 years, we built 22 prisons in California in one one uh, public university. Those prison systems uh, have tremendous economic uh, uh, ecosystems, right? Not only the people that are working in the prison, but all supply systems, uh, every mechanism to build that. That money that goes into the system then, then drives political strength. Um, the increase in policing uh, around our state, the increasing in, in the size of prosecutors' offices, that all builds an economic structure that then feeds a political structure that for for years have dominated the the conversation when we're talking about community safety and misleading the public to continue to feed a system that really is not about safety, but it's about feeding its own economic and, 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 uh, and uh, political interests. And I'm not even going into the bail bonds industry and the private prisons, all these other uh, ancillary industries that are heavily uh, vested in maintaining the carceral system that we have. So I think that it's important to understand this recall is not about safety. You're going to hear about, you know, you know it's about caring for victims. They, they could care less about victims. And in fact, that, you know, victims by and large support rehabilitation. Uh, and what we have been doing actually has created more insecurity. I have been in this business for nearly 40 years. I've reduced violent crime in every place that I've worked. L.A. County, uh, before COVID, had a 25% increase in violence, and yet it incarcerated people at rates higher than 57 of the other counties, which is a lot to say because your peer, you're dealing with very conservative counties. So clearly that doesn't bring safety, but, but the arguments that you hear are arguments that do not want to address this, this glaring facts about how the system is failing, because again, it's an economic and political issue, and they don't want to let go. Yep, it's the it's the prison industrial complex that yep. it's a huge force uh, politically, financially, and uh, the people on top they don't want that compromised. So 
well said. And uh, once again, uh, if you want to support George, get updates, um, whatnot, please go to standwithgascon.org. Um, and uh, any parting words, George? Rick, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for, uh, to all the listeners. Uh, you know, we're a historic moment, and what we do matters. Uh, it's important that people understand that sitting is not an option. If we're not willing to fight, democracy is fragile, and we are at a point in our history where democracy is in peril, um, whether it's in L.A. County or it's nationally. So I encourage everybody to understand that it's so critical. Yes. That we exercise our, our right uh, to be heard, our right to vote, our right to be involved. Absolutely. Thank you, George, for being on the show. I know you're super busy, to, to say the least. I really appreciate it. Rick, thank you so much, and you do well. <laughs> too. Take care. That was my interview with uh, L.A. District Attorney George Gascon, who in a short time uh, since being in office, he's already made great impact on the LA District Attorney's Office and initiated great reform that's been needed and wanted for decades. Uh, Thank you for being on the show, George. I really appreciate your time and good luck to you. The Blunt Post with Vic. Before we go, I want to thank my extremely talented producer, Ricky Herrera. And, uh, of course, thank you for joining me for another episode of The Blunt Post with Vic. Please tune in next Monday at 7 a.m. for another episode. For more information, you can visit thebluntpostwithvic.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jaramie. Uh, both Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at Vic Jaramie. That's V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Blunt Post with Vic.